sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. It's good to be back. We had an incredible wedding banquet yesterday. So Jean-Pierre and Hannah got married. That's Hannah's dad. Now, um, now, so backstory for those who don't know. Two, two years ago, JP, Jean-Pierre's wife, passed away and uh, left him and the two, two girls. And so Hannah, absolute angel, walked into his life and into our hearts. And uh, so I had a bet with uh, uh, JP yesterday, who's going to cry first? I won. He cried first. <laughs> so uh, this man uh, deserves the trophy for the guy that has caused us to cry more than anyone else over the last two years. Well done, JP. <laughs> but it was beautiful. It was such a beautiful uh, uh, wedding ceremony and uh, speeches and a lot of tears, a lot of tears, but so beautiful. There's another photo there, next one. See, I also made it. I'm always offended with these couples. They think that the wedding is about them. And then the photographers tell the pastor, please get out of the way. I'm like, this isn't happening without me. <laughs> uh, so that's the moment I sort of proclaim them to be a husband and wife. And then the next one is when they walked out and it, uh, yeah, it was beautiful. But I tell you when I, when, when the bride walks down the aisle and that music starts playing, whew, I tear up. It's so special, so precious. And see, every, every wedding that is happening all across the world is a prophetic picture of the one day. When Jesus receives his bride. And then we all invite her to the to wedding banquet. The ultimate wedding banquet. I told the guys yesterday that this is like the wedding of the decade. Just because of all the pain we've gone through. <laughs> but there's the wedding of the millennia coming. The banquet of the millennia coming. And we're all invited. We all have received invites to come. And so I want to share this morning, I want to unpack a parable about the wedding banquet. And I'm I'm trusting that we're all going to catch something, the heart of God. That we're going to catch His heart. Not only say yes to the invitation, but go beyond that. And so I'm going to quickly pray for us and then we're going to unpack the parable of Matthew 22. Father, we thank you for your word that does not return void. Your word is alive and powerful. And I thank you, Lord, that our hearts, the soil of our hearts are good soil. May your word find a place and bring transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Matthew 22, verse 1 to 3. Share a bit about the kingdom of God, what what it's like, and what you and I are invited into. It says in verse 1, and Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables. Now, why a parable? Because the the, the things of God are difficult to understand 
to us uh, humans, earthly people. The kingdom of heaven is, it, we, we struggle to understand. And so Jesus would share stories to build a bridge to our context. So he would use things within our world and, and, and say that the kingdom of heaven is like. And so he'd say that in verse two there, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. And sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. So a certain king. Who is that king? He is the king of the universe. Universe. Not multiverse. You guys have heard the multiverse thing. eh? Do you know where multiverse comes from? It comes from the last bit of that verse 3. And they were not willing to come. <laughs> Let me explain. Real science, if we look at the evidence, the facts of our world, of our universe, it all points to an intelligent, loving creator. That's the evidence. And now the atheistic scientists are being put in a corner. They're like, look at the facts. Look at, <laughs> look at the evidence. And they're like, no, it looks designed, but it is not because there is a multiverse. There are billions and billions of universes. And by chance, we have life here. Voila. Only problem is no evidence for that. Zero, nothing. But it does make a great story when the 5,000 Spider-Man storms onto the scene. Makes a great story. But there's no reality. There's no truth to it. But that is our world. That is our culture. There is this, you're invited to this incredible banquet. The banquet of the millennia. For free. Just come. Everything's been prepared. Come and enjoy life. Eternal life. And then it says, but they were not willing. It's like this thing in man. Like, no. If God says go right, mankind, well, then we're going left. Because there's this, this streak in mankind. Like, no, no. And it says there, a certain king, the king of the universe, arranged a marriage for his son, that's Jesus Christ. And then he sent out his servants to do what? To call those who were invited to come. Now, if the king of the land invites you or calls you it's not really optional the king it's actually a summons come everything's been prepared come but now in our context we struggle to understand this thing about a king and a kingdom we had a democratic mindset huh? in a democratic mindset we <laughs> we don't like authority and so the king of the universe is saying i've sent out his servants he's saying Come, it's all been prepared. The banquet of the millennia. Everything you can dream about is available. Just come and receive it. But we struggle. We struggle. We like to go the other way. And the, and the truth is, for you and I, you are made to worship something or someone. Every one of us. 
you're going to worship something. You're going to worship someone. You have to serve somebody. That's just how it works. So you must decide. You want to worship the king of the universe who's love and peace and joy and blessing. Or you're going to worship something or someone else. Some people worship themselves, but ultimately they're still worshiping the devil. They're still worshiping the enemy. It's either the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. It's either worshiping Jesus or it's worshiping the enemy. There is no in-between. It's just the one or the other. You are made to worship. That's why people worship money and they worship themselves and they worship fame and they worship pleasure. We worship. So we need to decide who we're going to worship. I'll say let's worship Jesus. He's worthy. Amen. He is worthy. He's worthy. In verse 4 it says again he sent out other servants saying tell those who are invited. So he sends out the servants again. Why? Because he is love. And he's pursuing our hearts. He's wanting to win our hearts. Even as Jean-Pierre won Hannah's heart. And she said yes. That is the heart of God. It's not like you shall. It's hey. Do you realize how much I love you? Do you realize how much I've given for you? At the cross. uh, On one of my YouTube videos. There was a. Muslim that that posted because I was speaking about the sacrifice of Christ and he was like mocking it what rubbish humiliated why would you allow your God to be so humiliated and I responded and I said well if you were a dad and your child was about to be killed and you have the option to take their place would you which dad in the house would give their lives for their child. I would. Which pair, huh? We would. You won't think about it. You'll jump in and do whatever needs to be done. It's just your boy. It's your child. It's love. It's love. But in Islam, they don't understand love. They don't understand a God that was willing to lay down his life. So, so God is, is showing us this is how much I love you. Come to the banquet. Come and receive all that I want to pour into you. I want to bless you. I love you. I care for you. And I'm sending out more servants to come and win your heart. But us as people, we're like, not willing. Not willing. Not willing. Come to the wedding. So say, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed and In terms of the gospel on the cross, Jesus died, paid the price in his own blood. And all things are ready. You can just come. Just come. All things are ready. It's been done for you. Just come. You can't work your way into heaven. Oh, but we don't like that. (laughs) I was on the airplane on my way to Kenya. And I was sitting next to a guy. And uh, he grew up in his, I think his dad was like a duomany or a pastor and his brother is a duomany. And so I'm, and he wants to talk. So we're talking and, and, and then I'm like, and I, and I can see he, he doesn't serve Jesus. And, uh, and he's like, I'm a good person. I live a good life. And then in the end, I found out what, what really offends him. What really offends him is that when Jesus hung on the cross, there was this murderer criminal on the cross next to him. And this guy did nothing. He just called upon the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, today you'll be in paradise. And this guy said to me, that offends him. I'm like, but why? 
What a bargain. <laughs> Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I pick up at the proud. They want to work for it. They want to earn it. They want to get to heaven one day and said, I did this. I lived this good life. Made my way into heaven. And the truth is you can't. I, I love it that I can't work for it. <laughs> Just a sinner saved by grace. Gift that Jesus paid. Don't try to earn it. Just receive it. Just come to the banquet. You, I mean, this wedding yesterday was probably the most best planned weddings I've ever been to. There's a lot of work to get. There were like months and months of work that was put into preparing this wedding so that the guests can just come and enjoy the feast. In the same way, God has made a plan. He's made a way. He's paid the price. He's, he's, he's moved heaven and earth to open the way for you and me to come. Why would we not come? Why would we not say yes? Why would we not accept the invitation? No one in their right mind would reject the love of God. Unless they're not in their right mind. And that's why we need to pray. That's why we need to trust God. For people to be in their right mind so that we can say yes to Jesus. You see, he's saying come. Come to the wedding. But you see, there's, there's a bigger context. It's not just a banquet that you can come and feast. There are massive consequences if we don't say yes. So here's a picture of a tsunami. You see, the scriptures reveal to us that there's a judgment day coming. That, that, that's a, there's a tsunami on its way. A tsunami of destruction, of justice, of judgment. And anyone not found within the banqueting hall, anyone that has not accepted the invitation to say, yes, Jesus, I come and I trust in you to save me and cleanse me and restore me and make me new. Jesus, I say yes. If you don't say yes, when you breathe your last, when your heart stops beating and you breathe your last, And you find yourselves in your sins, not in Christ. That tsunami of destruction will crash. Will crash into you. That's the truth. That's the truth. Anyone not found in Christ on judgment day will experience the fury, the wrath of a holy, awesome God that needs to destroy all evil. And if you're not in Christ, then you are in the camp of the enemy. And the camp of the enemy will be destroyed. It's not a popular truth, but it's the truth. It's still the truth. There's so many people that don't want to accept this reality, but he's love, but he's holy. And you and I need to decide, are we going to say yes? And that's why God is wooing us. That's why he's pursuing us. That's why he's calling us. That's why he's sending out his servants. He's saying, come to the banquet. Come and receive the life I have prepared for you. Come. And I know sometimes it just sounds too good to be true. So I just give my life to Jesus. And then I'm washed clean of all my sins. And I find peace and because he's the prince of peace. And I find joy because he's the ultimate source of happiness and Yes, I know when you're on the other side, it feels too good to be true. But when you're in it, when you've experienced it, you're like, wow, I was made for this. I was created for relationship with a loving God. Invited. We are all invited. And so I was in, in Kenya 
recently, and I met this wonderful uh, lady. Her name is Lucy. Here's a photo of Lucy. Lucy's my hero. Lucy was born with uh, polio, and so she has since birth crawled on her knees. Here's the next photo of her knees, of her legs. But she radiates the love of God, the joy of God. So when we're in the church services and we would be worshiping, she would like crawl onto the stage and on her knees just worship Jesus with this big smile. Yo, she's such an inspiration. You know, and she is in our world's context. She's a nobody. A nobody. But I tell you, Jesus sees her. Jesus sees her. And, I, and my heart was so touched. So over the one weekend we were in Kenya, I, I prayed for her multiple times for, for her to be healed. and was super emotional. I mean, but it was incredible. Everything God did, everybody got healed. Everybody got healed. Miracles were breaking. I was incredible, but she wasn't healed. And so on the Sunday, I think we, well, when we were up like early in the morning praying and then we had ministry the whole day from say nine to five PM. And at the end, everybody has now left. Just a few people over, still, still in the building. And then I went to her just to, to greet her. And then she took my hand and she looked me in the eye and said, pray for me. It's like, ah, oh, you do know that when I pray, I don't stop. So I said, okay. Put down my bag. I got a chair. Called somebody else as well. People around were like, they want to go, they want to go. I'm like, no, we shall now pray for Lucy. So we prayed for about an hour and a half. Just worshiping Jesus over her. Releasing the presence of God over her. And I just had this incredible encounter with the living God. I, I just felt the pleasure of Jesus as I was serving his daughter, a nobody, but not a nobody. God loves her. And so praying over her, releasing the praise of God, and she actually started to feel something in her knees for the first time in her life. Somehow the nerves were reconnected. I don't know, but she well, wasn't fully healed. But as I was praying for her, I had this encounter. I saw a vision of Jesus, I saw my hands, and I saw Jesus putting this massive key in my hands while I'm praying for the nobody. And the Lord said to me, I have given you the gift of miracles, and if you would take the gospel to the nobodies, you will see incredible miracles. And I'm like, oh, God. Kenny already freaks me out. <laughs> Lord, I'm not really a, like, Going to the nobody's kind of guy, Lord. I freak out when there's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm challenged. I'm challenged in Kenya. The times is funny. They say meeting at 10, they arrive at 12.30. My ducks are all flying around. No ducks in a row. It's just, oh, I'm dying. And then I meet with Jesus. And Jesus says, if you would take the gospel to the nobody's. You will see incredible miracles. And I'm like, okay. I don't know what I'm saying yes to Jesus, but okay. It's going to be uncomfortable. You know, God likes to make us uncomfortable. 
You know, that's why he sent Peter to the Jews and Paul to the Gentiles. It's not right, Lord. It's not right. It's like you're not, it's just funny. Anyway. So, a few weeks later, I received this random message on Facebook from an, from an evangelist in Pakistan. And I'm like, okay, now we're chatting. And I'm like, I know he wants to invite me to Pakistan. And I can't. So I'm ready. I can't. I can't. I can't. Then he says, could you do a Zoom call? Open air, Zoom call, preaching the gospel to Pakistanis. I'm like, no. Absolutely not. I am busy. Do you know how busy? I'm busy. And then the Lord says, do it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's do it. So anyway, Thursday night, two weeks ago, here's a few photos. Open air. In Pakistan. There's more. That's me. I smiled more than you see. There, there's a nice photo. There's more. I, I, I did smile. I promise. I did smile at some point. And then, and let me give you some backstory. So now I am, I'm preaching the gospel, but I mean, I don't have much time and they started too late. And at some point the guy said, I must not finish. <laughs> so I'm like, I haven't really built faith yet. I want to like, so anyway, then I just said, okay, fine. So I just said, everybody, and he's translating and it's, you know, it's just messy. You don't know what's going on. So I just said, everybody that's got pain or issues in their bodies, stand. And then I told them, put your hand on the parts of your body that's hurting. So here they are, standing. So I feel as I'm, 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 I'm preaching now, and so I, as I'm praying, I, I take authority of spirits of infirmity, of a darkness on their lives. And then I felt like intestinal issues to command healing, and I command healing to their heads and whatever else. And, and, and then just, I just prayed once. And normally I pray like a few times. I prayed once and then the guy said, thank you. And I said, okay, bless you. Cheers. <laughs> now this is the mind boggling part. I got feedback. They've never seen as many miracles break out as that meeting that night. Then he sends me, the evangelist goes house to house the next day. He goes and he gets interviews and he gets stories from people. He has a few stories. I'm just giving you three of them. First one, great testimony. The testimony of this woman is that for five years, this woman had pain in her whole body, inside her knees, inside her arm, inside her head, inside her stomach, inside her body. It was kind of stuck. But when it came to this last Thursday meeting, this woman is completely healed, freed from every pain. When you prayed complete freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on. Praise God. Next one. There's a great testimony. An elderly woman's testimony that she had a liver problem. Same time her kidneys had pain. And when you prayed for healing, by the grace of God, this woman was cured of stomach disease. Because I felt like praying for intestinal things, liver disease, kidney disease. And she has been freed from every disease. Hallelujah. Praise God. This guy, this man had gastric disease. And when he came to our Thursday meeting, he was having a lot of trouble breathing. When you prayed, this man is now perfectly well and healed. Praise the Lord. Come on. Praise God. So my mind, my brain is just blown. 
Because now he wants to do this every week. <laughs> and he wants to bust people in. He wants to go big. I'm like, okay, fine. The Lord said to me, that's it. That, that's what I'm calling to do now. Do it. So, okay, fine. Let's do it. Let's have, let's preach the gospel. Let's preach the gospel of the kingdom to the nobodies and we will see his kingdom come. But I tell you, my mind is blown at what God can do even through video. Because I felt over the last few months, the Lord said to me, do video. Start making videos. Start building out what I've called you to do. And I'm like, this is uncomfortable and I'm freaking myself out. And you know it must be God when you're freaking yourself out. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Come on, something beautiful, something beautiful is happening. So verse 5, it continues in the parable. The servants went out, but then it says, but they made light of it and went their ways. One to his own farm, another to his business. They made light of it. And it would be for those outside of the kingdom of God, they would make light of it. They would like, well, whatever. But it's the same for us who are in the kingdom of God. It's so easy to make light of the call. I'm busy. I have plans. I have priorities. But if you're serving the king, we need to embrace his priorities. We need to say yes for what is on his heart. And so the enemy comes and he whispers. He whispers. He lies. He would mock the king and say, well, there isn't a king. There is no God. He's not real. Or the enemy would whisper and say, hey, but you're a good person. And good people go to heaven. So you're fine. But that's not true. Good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. No one's good enough. No one qualifies. And the enemy keeps on putting these arguments out, these lies. Surely a loving God won't send people to hell. Well, a holy God would. Because he's bringing judgment on the kingdom of darkness. And everyone in the kingdom of darkness will experience judgment. That's the truth. So we must renounce the lie of the enemy. Or sometimes we hear the, the, the argument, well, well, one day, one day when I've had my fun, then I'll say yes to Jesus. What if that's too late? What if that's too late? If you found outside a banquet hall, you and I, we are in trouble. And so the enemy deceives. And so you need to evaluate your life because the enemy can also deceive you to say, hey, but I've prayed my prayer. I've committed my life to Jesus 10 years ago. I can now live the way I want to live. Look at your lifestyle and you will discover if it's real. The way you speak, the way you live, the way you act. If it is contrary to the scriptures, to the word of God continuously, it is very well a good sign that you are not truly born again. That you haven't received a new heart, that you haven't been renewed, that you haven't fully surrendered. And so look at your lifestyle, the words you speak, the things you do, the things you say. If if ungodliness is flowing forth, then possibly the heart isn't right with God. But the enemy deceives us. He says, no, it's fine. It's love, love, love. You can lose your salvation. That's what the scriptures say. Your name will be blotted out of the book of life. If you keep on doing your own thing, rebelling against the king of kings. And I know some of us are like, yo, I want to, yeah, I want to, I'm a rebel. <laughs> 
Well, what about being a rebel for Jesus? Verse 6, it says, And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. Yeah, so some people will like say, Hey, Christianity, they're for wimps. Uh-uh. It's not. There's opposition. It's war. There will be challenges. And praise God, most of us won't get killed for our faith, but we will get opposition. We will get opposition for our faith. I love this quote by Alice Cooper. He's a, 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 a rocker. That turned to Jesus. He said, drinking beer is easy. Trashing your hotel room is easy. But being a Christian is a tough call. That's real rebellion. That's real rebellion because it is. The whole world is going that way. On their way to an eternity without God. On their way to, to hell. The culture. It's everybody's going that way. Rebellion is to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. You're rebelling against the kingdom of darkness. And the beautiful thing is when you say yes to the invitation, you turn and you follow Jesus. There's something else added to it. You can turn around and you can plunder the gates of hell and bring some other people with you. Amen. It's not just being about invited to the banquet yourself. When you say yes to the banquet, you say yes to being a servant of the Lord to storm the gates of hell, to bring other people, to set others free. And that's when you come alive. I feel the Lord is wanting to release an evangelistic grace over us as a church. And it begins with a heavenly compassion, the compassion of Christ burning within us. You see, love will move you. Love will move you to the Lucy's of this world. To pray for them. To reach them. Love will move you beyond your fears. Love will move you beyond your Irrelevant priorities, ultimately, if it's not about winning souls for Christ. So you're not only invited to the banquet, you're invited to join the rebellion. (laughs) Amen. Alice Cooper says it's so good. He says about Jesus, he says people talk about Alice, the rocker, being a rebel. There was never more of a rebel than Jesus Christ. You want to talk about a rebel? He was the ultimate. He was. He stood up against everything. Following his heavenly father. And the Lord calls you and me to be fearless. Surrender to the king. A heart of compassion. Full of faith and boldness in terms of what we carry in him. To preach the gospel and to see souls Turn to him. I know for some of us you're like, I don't know where to start. I know. Just you take the next step. There's so many things that God has done me over the last 10 years. I am, I'm blown away. I can't, I can't believe what God is doing. And there's more. And there's more. So come on. So the enemy wants to shut us up. He wants to say, stop it. We don't want to hear this message, but love says we're going to keep on saying it. Love says we're going to be in your face. Love says we're going to stand between you and hell and you have to jump over our bodies into hell. But we're going to be loving you and giving you the truth. Because that's what love demands. Amen? Come on. We need to get their attention and that's where miracles come in. Miracles get people's attention. It's the marketing department of the kingdom of God. It is the manifestation of love because God loves people. So he wants to heal them. But he also wants to get the attention. So they say, hey, this word is of God. This is powerful. And so they turn. Verse 7. 
It says, but when the king heard about it, about the servants being treated unjustly, he was furious. Can God be angry? Yes. He is love, but he can be angry. This, he can be furious. On the day of judgment, all the fury of a holy God will come upon those who, who don't find themselves in Christ. May that move us. He says he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. And that's a picture of what happened in Jerusalem, 70 AD. They rejected Christ, the message of Christ around 30 AD. Jesus prophesied the destruction of Jerusalem because of the rejection of the message. The Roman army surrounded the city. About a million people were slaughtered. They killed one another first. They were starving. It was brutal. And then the Romans came in and they destroyed that's a picture of hell. That's a picture of the, the, the future for those who don't know Christ. And I know for some of you, like, oh, this hell thing isn't real. The truth is they've done studies where people would be on the operating table in a hospital and they would die. They had no brain activity. And they would either have a heaven experience or a hell experience. It is real. The moment you breathe your loss, your soul leaves your body, but you will live forever. Either in heaven or in hell. And so the tsunami is coming, but love would move us to, to save, to reach. As Matthew 10, 28 says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. This is Jesus speaking about God. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The creator of everything is a just God. So you don't want to find yourself in the kingdom of darkness. The king backs his servants. He backs us. Verse 11, it says, but when the king came in to see the guests at the wedding banquet, he saw a man there who did not have a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And there's other scriptures that speaks of this. But it says basically on judgment day, if you're found not in Christ, You'll be speechless. You have nothing to say because you know I'm in trouble. Now you see. Now you know. Speechless. Every mouth will be silenced, will be stopped, and you will realize I'm guilty. I've lied. I've lusted. I've stolen. I've hated. I'm all those things. I deserve eternal punishment. No one, no one will justify themselves. It's a scary day. That's why the Apostle Paul said, knowing the the wrath of God, we persuade men to turn, turn. It's in the context of an eternity without God. You see, hell is the opposite of God. Heaven is heaven because God is there. So there's joy, there's peace, there's life. There's, There's everything you can imagine. The most beautiful things ever, that's heaven because God's there. Hell is the opposite. No life, no peace, no joy. No rest for your soul. No light. Just darkness. And that's the truth. Verse 13. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot. The guy without the wedding garment. See, this guy came to the wedding banquet thinking, I can come by my own good works. No, you can only come. You can only put on the righteousness of Christ, the cloak of righteousness. You can only come by what Jesus did for us. You cannot come by your own works. 
And then he says, the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him in outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And there will be no respite. There will be no salvation then. It's too late. It's too late. And so just back a little bit, verse 8. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready. Everything's been prepared. I've done it all. God's done it all. But those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways and as many as you find, invite. Go out. Bring them in. That's the call. That's the commission that the Lord is bringing to his children who are also his servants. He's saying, go out everywhere. Go into the world and bring them in. You're invited to the wedding banquet and you are invited to invite others in. And where does it start? It starts with prayer. It starts with calling upon the name of Jesus. It starts by setting aside our own priorities and saying, Lord, here I am. Use me. I don't know how, but God, help me to become a vessel through which I can reach others for you. Jesus. And I believe that's what God is going to do. In the first service, I prophetically felt the Lord say to me that, He's going to raise up evangelists in our midst. And those evangelists are going to help the rest of us to become more evangelistic. And so to also build out the what I believe the, God wants to do. He wants to raise up the servants. We're starting a fivefold ministry academy. And I made a video clip. Which is a little bit of a promotional thing. Just to show you that I have been working. And yeah, I'm freaking myself out. But I just want to follow the Lord. The Lord spoke to me, and I'm like, okay, God, I'm just going to do it. And so here's a short four-minute clip just to give you a bit of an idea of uh, some of the things we're going to be doing. Cool. Let's play. On October the 14th, 1947, they broke through that barrier. They fulfilled the mission. They dreamed about it, went after it, and achieved it. The jet, a Bell X-1, was the vehicle used to propel him beyond the speed of sound, and he went beyond Mach 1. The jet was the natural means through which Chuck Yeager broke through natural limitations. God Almighty has also provided a vehicle, a tool, what is called a gift to the body of Christ to propel us beyond our current limitations and barriers. It's called the fivefold ministry gifts. These gifts, the apostolic, prophetic, pastoral, teaching, and evangelistic gifts have already been released into the body of Christ to equip the saints and to cause the church to become beautiful and powerful in Christ. These five gifts are given to us to reveal a greater measure of Christ to the world. Yet many are ignorant of these gifts. They don't know their true purpose, nor know how to grow in these gifts. Mayday! Mayday! ATC, this is Jed Clueless. I'm declaring an emergency. I'm encountering a critical situation. Require immediate assistance. I've lost situational awareness and need guidance on how to proceed. Over. Mayday. Mayday. Flight Clueless here again. These fivefold gifts have me stumped. What do I do? What do I do? Hello? Hello? Anyone there? Yes, we are here to help you. This is why 
we started a Fivefold Ministry Academy, a Facebook group that you are invited to join for free. If you want to break through barriers in your life and fly better than jet, clueless. Every month, I will interview a mature Fivefold Minister, and together we will discover the mission, the mindset, the anointing, and other aspects of that Fivefold gift so that you can unlock the fivefold gifts in your life and church enjoying the ride yes now i'm getting the hang of this this prophetic gift thing is awesome i never thought i could hear god's voice so now i do just wow 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 jet clueless jet clueless from now on you will be called jet If you want to be a mature follower of Christ, breaking through spiritual barriers, seeing lives transformed for the glory of Christ, then you need to embrace the full fivefold. You need to grow in all five, but specialize in one or two. Wherever I go, I see vast potential for growth in believers' lives. If only they will discover these gifts from heaven, they will propel the saints into all Jesus won for us at the cross. Let's break some barriers together. See you on the Fivefold Ministry Academy Facebook group. Also subscribe to the Kingdom Unleashed YouTube channel if you desire ongoing inspiration and equipping in unlocking the fivefold gifts in your life. Don't be like Jet Cleats. Woohoo! Stepping out. I converted my office into a studio. And so the mission is just following the cloud, eh? following the cloud to equip the wider body of Christ in the fivefold. The key, if we want to see the lost come into the kingdom, we need greater evangelistic grace. A supernatural anointing that will cause people to turn to Jesus. And I believe through the fivefold ministry academy, we got some starting this week with interviews of fivefold ministers. And we're going to build it out into our life groups, our, our small groups uh, in our homes. And we're going we're gonna to trust the Lord. What would a fivefold ministry church look like? Let's see. Let's pursue. So I want to encourage you guys to join us for that. You, you are invited to uh, join us there. And then also just one other thing. Okay. This is for those who really want to stand with me. Stand with me. So if you want to get videos to go, to spread, you need people that would go to that video, watch it, and let it play, and let it play another few times. Then like it, share it, comment, whatever. But if you would help, especially on YouTube, if you want to help me get the message out to the wider body of Christ, go and like it and watch it a few times, or just let it play a few times and repeat. And then uh, we can reach more people. Okay, that's just those who want to go like, yeah. Next level. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Okay, last verse. Verse 10. Back to the banquet. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found. So the servants, they went out. They went out. Both, they, they found both bad and good. Again, no one, no one qualifies. And, said, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Massive wedding hall. So bottom line is a lot of people are going to turn to Christ. So I want to stir your faith to make yourself available to be an instrument, a servant of the Lord. 
But also it begins with accepting the invite. Say, yes, Lord. I say, yes, to come to the banquet. And then, yes, Lord. I want to be an instrument in your hands to reach others. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.